I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Tuesday, June 30, 2020. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? Well, the first thing we're going to do is take a look at the first thing, two or three that jumps off the daily chart at us. We're going to take a look around the horn at a bunch of different charts. And then we're going to take a look at the weekly chart of the S&P 500 and we're going to put it in a different perspective than you might have seen before. Before we get going, let's do a little housekeeping and make sure that everybody has the awareness that the market is closed this Friday for the 4th of July holiday weekend. Friday is the 3rd, so it's a three-day holiday weekend. And therefore, we also want to note that leading into a three-day holiday weekend, it's not normal, meaning if we use the 80-20 rule, using the 80-20 rule, the majority of the time, the market is not getting killed into a three-day holiday weekend. So the majority of the time, it'll just limp out, quiet, sideways, or float higher into the weekend. It's an awareness. It's of note. Let's start with the daily chart and something we discussed the last several days, which is, was this, is this a recocking of the gun we test near the lows of the lows from the 15th of June. They never spike through or even get to the low. And then they begin a trek in the northern direction. Will this continue? Will they get above the 20-period moving average? Look where they were at the end of the day today. Remember last night we discussed this breakdown candle high at 310.51. So we said... If the market's going to rally, where's the next major area of resistance as far as the daily chart is concerned if they get above this breakdown candle high from the other day? And the answer was 310 to 31050. What's the high of day? 31020. How you doing? That was part and parcel to what we call an end of the day jam session. We'll get more into that in a few moments when we look inside the numbers still yet the line in the sand is the low from the 15th now the line in the sand is likely yesterday's low because if they're below yesterday's low they're testing the lows from the 15th and at this point since they've been down there already and traded away we don't want that the second time around so therefore the odds would favor that they would be going through in the southern direction the lows from the 15th if they paid a visit sooner than later at this point what about up north they haven't got through the next breakdown candle high 310.51 that was the 310 to 310.51 so until and unless they can begin closing hourly above there or potentially gap above there whether it be wednesday or thursday we don't know but they can do that they do do that it's an awareness that would gap over the 20 period moving average it would also gap over the breakdown candle high what they would be doing would be going to fill the gap that exists right above that gap is at 31205 that is in fact the next zone for overhead resistance let's look for a moment at an hourly chart just to get another perspective of what's going on let's take a look for a moment at the hourly chart to get another perspective of what's going on so where does today begin everything to the right of the vertical is today's activity this is an hourly chart so it's pretty simple so they pretty much went up all day long 
minus the lunchtime, sideways, eat time off the clock, chop shop formation. We'll get back to that in a moment because it's important how they do that, why they do that, how to read that. We're going to talk through that. But what I wanted to point out first was where they went to and found overhead resistance into the end of the day, the very end of the day. They went right to the window before they fill the gap. So you can see here the high of the day happens to be 310.20. The high here is 310.51. You can see this really approaches the window into the gap that will ultimately be filled. By the way, what you'll also see in the notes early in the day is if they're going to have a further rally and then if they're going to have an end of the day jam session, we were focused in on 308 to 308.50. The actual jam session came after 308 to 308.50 into the closing bell. Here's a 15 minute chart and here's what I was looking for the high in this candle at 3.45 in the afternoon is 3.08.35. So I'm figuring they're pretty much done for the day. And then they had a secondary jam session. And this was the real jam session. Will the real jam session please step forward? Now you have the last five-minute candle, or this is the second-to-last five-minute candle. And then the reversal candle back down is the last five-minute candle, finishing where? 308.52, we were looking for 308 to 308.50. Interesting how that works. They still closed above the zone that we were looking for the jam session. Is that bullish behavior? Yes. At this point, it's unlikely they don't fill the gap up above potentially sooner than later. Now, what happens if they make an effort, but they don't fill the gap and start back down? How do we read that? We read that in one of two ways until it becomes extremely clear. Way number one is that's really, really weak, but we don't know if it's a failure until and unless we get confirmation of such failure. That would be provided for Inside the Numbers members. Way number two is the trick, trap, fool, and frustrate crew makes you think they're going there. They pull up short. They turn back down, they shake everybody out, and then they go do it after there's nobody left in the trade. Let's take a look at the weekly chart. We're going to get another viewpoint, another perspective of what's going on. So what jumps off the page when I look at the weekly chart? No trend lines. We don't want to bias. We don't want to get skewed in one direction or another. The first thing that jumps off the page at me is where they are relative to the moving averages. They're above all the weekly chart moving averages. On its face, the duck says that's bullish, period, full stop. Now, here's the awareness. We have to be all on the same page. They can now get below the 50 period moving average, come into this gap here, the convergence of the 20 and the 100 period moving average, bounce back up, and that's one hell of a decline if they do it. So it's not lost on me the amount of points and all that, but just go with me on what we're looking at. This is for conceptual purposes. We really want the 50,000 foot view when looking at the weekly chart. So we've got the moving average thing. What's next? Well, we had a huge up move from the March low, and now can't we make a case that this is some kind of a bullish, flaggish, some kind of consolidation eating time off the clock pattern working. Now, I understand 
we have the big down reversal candle. Had decent volume, not tremendous volume, but decent volume. The question is, or at least the question I have, is if there's something that you could say, what are they trying to do? If they're trying to go higher, where would they be trying to go? Well, let's look at what happened before. They made a run for the breakdown candle high. They came awfully close. They didn't quite get to the high, but they came really close. And then there's a gap above. So if they're going to go back up, was the final destination the breakdown candle high? Was it the gap? Was it where it was already? And we're not going back up. We don't know yet. It's looking at the weekly chart, trying to say if they stay above all these moving averages and continue to creep higher, what are they trying to do? Where are they going? Well, let's take a step back one more time and say, well, maybe all they're doing is running a test or trying to run a test or a better test of the newly formed breakdown candle high right here from the week ending June 12th. All things being equal, they didn't really make a sufficient or good enough test of this breakdown candle high. So maybe that's what they're doing. This breakdown candle high happens to be very close to the last breakdown candle high that we were focused on. So if the market continues back up, that's what we're really focused on at a minimum. Because until and unless they get there, we don't have to be focused on anything farther up north. One more thing on the weekly chart. Let's flip it around and let's go in the southern direction. What was I focused on the daily chart? What was I really focused on the daily chart? We were focused on the June 15th low, 296.74. We'll put a little horizontal descriptor. There's your number on the weekly chart. And you can see here, this is what I'm really focused on. You can see, in fact, if they do breach that low, that low on a weekly closing basis, not only on a daily closing basis, then that changes the complexion. It changes the scope. It changes the look and the read of the weekly chart, at least from where I sit. The next up would be the moving averages we discussed before, filling this gap over here. That's fine, but it really changes what the picture looks like on the weekly chart. So I'm focused on the daily chart. I'm focused on the weekly chart from a bigger picture perspective. Got it? Capiche? Good. What about inside the numbers? Here's what we're going to do. We're going to go through the commentary and I'm going to say a couple of things. I want you to read it if you're interested. If you're trading in the S&P, if you traffic in S&P futures, options, leveraged ETFs, SPY, whatever it is, you need to know your numbers. You need to understand where the important spots are all along the way. So here's what we'll say. I'll scroll up, you pause the video, read the notes, go back to the charts, see what happened. We're looking for two major things. This morning, once the market got back or recaptured 305, it was going to be off to the races with a target on the upside. It certainly wasn't a off to the race kind of market. It was a very slow grinding type of market, but it doesn't matter. Price is the absolute arbiter, and if you're right on price you make money. Then what you'll see later in the day is the secondary target, the jam session, the whole nine yards. On the flip side, you'll see where we knew where we were wrong. You'll see in the notes 304.40. Go take a look at the market early this morning around 304.40. 
it's always within a smidgen, pennies, give or take. Nothing's ever going to hit to the penny. Well, sometimes it does. But for the most part, it's in and around. So let me let you read the rest of the morning commentary, the early pre-market notes. Then we'll cover stocks on the move in a moment. And I forgot to do pins last night. So here's a short hop. We're doing it now. It's very simple. Pins was a buy at 2038. I think you did see the list of stocks on the move in the video last night, but I never showed the chart. And then the rest is history. It was classified as a rocket ride. The right-hand vertical line is the conclusion of yesterday's activity. So think about this for a moment. One of the ways that I teach traders, the only way I know of, where you can take advantage of a rocket ride and not really play with fire and give up gains and all that stuff. The way we treat this as a business is to take some profit along the way. This way, it gives you enough room to let the rest go. And then if by chance the stock came back down to where you purchased it, you could always sell the rest of your position. You've still booked a profit for the day. You move on to the next trade. But what happens with the ones that just don't stop? How do you know where to get out? You don't know where to get out. You don't know if it's going to continue up $2, $1.5, You don't know until you know. So therefore, if you've already put profit in your pocket and you're holding, let's say, a third or half or two-thirds, whatever it is, each trader has to make those decisions for themselves. But let's just use half. It's a big fat round number or at least a semi-fat round number. So let's say we're holding half. So you've got half off at, let's say, a 1% gain. Doesn't sound like a lot, but it's a day trade. It's a scalp trade that can turn into a day trade. Well, guess what? It went up to 22 bucks, and the rest of it was a risk-free, emotionless opportunity. How you doing? Let's get back to early thoughts. This is posted before the opening bell, so we don't know whether they're going to jam them up at the open or they're going to pull the rug out and conduct the shakeout operation. So we're already putting the numbers on the board that are meaningful in either direction. We come pre-prepared. We show up in uniform, ready to go. Let's continue moving along so that you can read what happened throughout the morning session. Most importantly, and you'll recall, 3.05, 9.34, we're on it. Watch for 3.05. If they recapture it, they'll be on their way to the breakdown candle high of around 3.06.40, give or take awareness here it is right of the vertical today's activity five minute chart there's 306.40 and you can see what happened at 305 they had to think about it they had to build some energy they had to eat some time off the clock to get through 305 once they did that started closing some short-term candles above you'll see that stuff in the notes where were they going 306.40 went higher but they came back to where 306.40. Let's continue moving along. That was basically the deal of the morning session. Then they went into that chop shop formation. You'll see here we talk about filling the gap. We were all over the gap. But not filling it, missing it by a few pennies doesn't matter. The point was direction. Where are they going? Traders could ride it up there. Above 305 and she's good to go. Below 305, short-term candle closes below. She's good is put on hold. That was basically the deal of the morning. Don't know how to be much more clear than that. Let's continue moving along. At this point, what I urge you to do is just pause the video, read the notes, go to the charts, 
and then see what happened after the fact for yourself. Don't take my word for it. Go see with your own two eyes. Here's your 1057. So far, they came within a few pennies of the gap. They fill it later, but they do that. We know they do that. It's an awareness. Here's one real quick. Could set up another run higher later, but for now, they should be done going higher for a while. That was in the beginning or the early portion of where they ate time off the clock for two or three hours. When they do that, the last thing you want to do is get frustrated and get chopped up while the market goes back and forth, moving right along. By 11.30, by the way, where's the next big-time resistance price? SPY 308 to 308.50, give or take. We don't know at this point they're going to get there, but closing above the gap, and there's a hint. Quiet market, light volume, what's the path of least resistance? Sideways to higher. These are all awareness things. They all get put in the bucket, you mash them around, and you come out with a trade. Let me get through the end of the day, and then we'll get down to stocks on the move, where there were three stocks that actually hit their price objective today. We've got some lessons to take away, so let's go down and take a peek. The three that hit their price target, BA, Boeing, SPR, and UAL, airline slash airline related companies type of day. How about Boeing? After the big rally yesterday, getting a nice big fat haircut at the open, so you can see what happened. We had two prices. When you show two prices and they're relatively close together, and $3, give or take, on Boeing Airlines, that's $183, that's close together. So what we do is we take half or a third at the first price, half or some other number at the second price. The average is in the middle. Boeing takes off when the market takes off, makes a high of 186. When your average is around 182, that's a nice, quick profit of four bucks. Translated into percentages, it's about 2%. You can see what happened at the second number. They fought the second number, fought the second number, fought the second number. SPR, not a great trade. Haircut at the open, first number 2422, second number 2351. Here's what happened with the second number. They never got there. They rallied back over the first number, then came down to the second number. This becomes just a shit show. The big picture is they essentially hung around in between the numbers for a cup of coffee. Are they telling you they're going to go lower tomorrow or some other time? We don't know. We don't care. They didn't give you the type of rocket ride or deal we're looking for. So what? We're on to the next trade. Some trades are better than others. How about UAL? 33.79 was the number on the board. 32.40 was a secondary number. They never got there. They never got there because what they did was turn around and go on the rocket ride. Let's say you painted by numbers. Let's say you played by the rules. You had a good trade in Boeing if you followed the rules. We're going to call SPR a scratch. You had a good trade in UAL. All you had to do was hold on to something. And if you followed the notes in the Spider SPY above 305, it was going higher. Period. Makes for a pretty good day inside the numbers. Closing out the daily chart, here's what we've got. We've got 305 down below. That's the line in the sand. They can't start closing hourly and then daily below 305. At this point, they should be done with 305 if they're going higher. If they're going higher, 
where's the next stop? Well, the next stop, which has yet to be tested, is the gap up above around 312. Inside the numbers, members will have a handle on whatever the market's doing early in the morning. We'll see what we wake up to. We're looking at it from the conclusion of Tuesday's activity without the benefit of seeing the overnight and early morning trades. Are we seeing anything different over in Camp IWM? And the answer is no, we're not. It's the same routine. The chart looks very similar. Everything doesn't move to the same magnitude each and every day. But coincidentally, and there is no coincidence, there are no accidents, the SPY and the IWM were basically on par. The IWM was up just slightly more than the SPY today, but we're going to call that a rounding error, and it was basically on par. However, they filled a gap. They closed above the gap. They didn't fill the gap and get rejected. They filled the gap, and they closed above the filling of the gap. That's bullish. They're ahead of the SPY. What about the folks down at the transportation department? The chart looks very similar There's nothing new to really report in the transports. We'll go with it's all the same market. They were up about on par with the S&P 500 today. So all the markets trade kind of together, not to the same magnitude, but we're going with it's all the same market. There's nothing to report. Move it along. The folks out in Silicon Valley, what do you say other than they continue to be in an uptrend? They're now going to challenge once again the old highs So we had a high, pullback, a new high, pullback, and here they come again. Are they going to make another new high? We don't know whether they will or they won't at this point. What we do know is it's bullish, it's in an uptrend, and we have no reason to believe that the Qs are in a position to fall apart. They're not exactly in a crash position in the market. We go with what the market is at present face value. What's the duck? The duck is bullish. The black swan is something else. The whole idea and definition of a black swan is something you can't see coming that pulls the rug out. That can always happen. We can always wake up to something and we will eventually wake up to something that absolutely changes the character and complexion of the market. But at present, it's bullish. Even the financials that were teetering the last couple of days now managed to finish above the 50-period moving average, not yet above the last or most recent breakdown candle high, but closing back above the 50 is a potential signal. We're watching. Remember, without the financials, the market's just not going to get very far. Smash Mouth, pretty good proxy for the tech sector in and of itself. What do we have to report? It should be pretty obvious. Above all the moving averages, in an uptrend, getting ready to challenge the most recent highs, the old highs. Just like the Qs, there's nothing technically wrong with this market. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you and that without you, these videos are not possible? That is all true and accurate information. I'm David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. 
subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. And please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis. Thank you.